0: Hello, welcome to the Bright Club Southampton podcast. I am your host, Dave Christensen. Uh, thank you for joining us again, or for the first time, welcome. Uh, so, just as a recap or introduction, we at Bright Club Southampton, we host a comedy night every few months in Southampton, and the special feature of our comedy night that we host is that we get researchers to do stand-up comedy about their work and about their lives. And, uh, yeah, we uh, we have a fun time. And then... We come and get them over to record podcasts, interviewing each other. So, uh, I don't want to take up any more of your time describing what it is. Let's just listen to it. Uh, today, we have Anna Hurley-Wallace interviewing Maria Ramos-Suarez. And, uh, yeah, uh, Maria is uh, a... Uh, I think she calls herself an environmental engineer or something like that. Um yeah, I will let her explain, obviously, because I don't know anything about what anyone does, even though I sit in with these conversations. Um, Yeah, I'll hand over to uh, Anna and Maria.
1: Hi, good to see you since Bright Club. Hi. How are you doing? (laughs) Good, thanks. Um, So, have you reflected on Bright Club at all? Yes, I
2: have actually. It was a shock to me how things went. I quite liked it.
1: Think you'll do it again?
2: I would love to if they let me do it, yes.
1: (laughs) I think you were pretty good. Thank you. I laughed at all your jokes.
2: (laughs) Thanks. Before moving to England, I used to live with my mom, with my dad and my older sister, and, you know, we're a very close family. Sometimes I think we're too close, but... Sometimes I use my dad's trimmer <laughs> and I mean
3: beer trimmer because we don't have a garden, but uh, I do have a wish.
1: <laughs> so during Bright Club you talked a bit about um, how you got into your PhD um, here and explained a bit about your subject, which I believe is chemical engineering, is that right?
2: Yeah, well I started chemical engineer engineering for my bachelors, but my PhD is actually environmental engineering. Ah. But to be honest, the essence of it is the same. Oh really? It's just the name.
1: <laughs> so you took a gap as well before you did the PhD. Yes. Right? That's right. And I know you talked a bit as well about moving here initially. Um, and how you felt coming here, and uh, during Brexit, and all of that during your set. Um, I wonder if you could tell me a little bit more about how you felt when you came here, and more about what you did initially, and how it was looking for work, like you know, before the PhD.
2: Mm. So the, the first time I came to the UK was for an exchange, so I was in at the University of Manchester. So then I was just a student, and I was fine. I liked the UK uh, but later when I finished my studies I wanted to come back here again because I thought there would be more chances for a better future but you know I, in the end I started doing other things because I couldn't find a job and I'm not sure why it was whether it was
1: because of my
2: English or I, no, I think, sure. I think yeah.
1: it's just hard um, yeah. in general
2: Your own <laughs> It's like, no, Dad, You know, I like travelling
1: light. <laughs> you say you were at Manchester yeah. for a bit before. So was that a placement?
2: Uh, no, that was just an exchange for my my
1: okay. okay. So what year would, did you do that in? It was third year. Okay. So you decided quite quickly afterwards that you wanted to come back.
2: Yeah, I actually wanted to do a master's, but I couldn't pay for it, <laughs> <laughs> so I had to do it at home because education at home is it's quite cheap compared to here, so.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. how cheap, do you mind me asking?
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, so you can do a master's, it depends on the university as well, but yeah. um, if you go to just standard university, you can just get a master's for like 2,000 euros. Oh, Next, so that's pretty good. It's way cheaper than here. Yes. Before I we went to England, I studied chemical engineering in Spain. And most people think chemical engineers know a lot of chemistry, but actually this is a misconception. <laughs> um, I always say if, chemi- if chemists uh, study chemical reactions, chemical engineers would design the vessel in which these chemical reactions happen. Um, so, using the cooking analogy, it would be like saying chemists are the Jamie Oliver, whereas we just sell uh, the saucepan's from sauce. <laughs> <laughs> so, they're the
3: small ones, but
1: we're the ones who make the money. Right. <laughs> so, was the Masters in Chemical Engineering? Yes. Okay, and then you've moved to be more specific yes. in the PhD. Mm. And, um how did you come to learn about the PhD? Did you apply for it or did someone contact you? Um, well, I was,
2: I was actually a lot into research from before because for my master's yeah. I did an internship again at the University of Manchester because I had some contacts there. And so I got into bioprocessing research mm. and, and that's, so I tried to get contacts and networking in that area. Um, I was almost about to get a PhD at the University of Manchester, but we were not successful with the interviews and the application. so I, I kept searching like in other universities as well. Yeah. So I came across a position here in Southampton, and it was very similar to to the things I wanted to do in the other university too, so I'm like, why not? Yeah. <laughs> and also people tend, tend to say, Oh, uh, you're
3: a chemical engineer, so why don't you cook math? <laughs> <laughs> is this illegal?
2: Immoral? I mean, seriously, if someone asked me that question
3: again,
1: I'd be making mad. Yeah. <laughs> How does um, Southampton compare to Manchester? Well,
2: university is good. I like it. Actually, I like, I like it more here in terms yeah. of research I mm. think Southampton is quite good for a small town but then yeah Manchester was way more fun oh, really? <laughs> I would say yeah more yeah.
1: stuff to do more going out yeah 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 <laughs> the balance definitely yeah
2: so after I finish my to Manchester in search for a bright future and I ended up working for Boots
3: pharmacy. <laughs>
2: yeah. That was also the time in which UK had the referendum for Brexit. So yeah it was a very hard time for me because I was an engineer working for boots and also I kind of felt unwelcome in this country, not anymore. <laughs> So, I said, okay, don't worry, one day i just have my revenge. <laughs> <laughs> so, since then, I've been thinking and I've realized English people get pissed off really easily. <laughs>
3: In
2: fact, I just need to state one fact for you to get angry. <laughs> Princess
1: Diana is dead. <laughs> so, when you first started the PhD here then, was it how you expected? Mm. In In which way?
2: So... The work or...? All of it, really. The work was... Yes, exactly how I expected. Mm. It's, I knew I would do a lot of lab work, a lot of uh, analysis, and this is exactly what I'm doing. So it's exactly the way I predicted. Um, and stressful as well. But in terms of um, atmosphere at the university, it's actually better. So Oh, really? Yeah, I was surprised because there were so many um, like extra curriculum activities that I could do at university and I, yeah,
1: I like that. Yeah, do you find you get the time in to do the extra? It's stuff, but <laughs> I try. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: So eventually, I
2: finally got accepted at the University of Southampton.
3: So, yeah, so I was very happy, like,
2: yay, finally, I'm going to be a researcher. my dreams are going to come true. And then I moved to Southampton. <laughs> The south of England is it Mordor. <coughs> <laughs> Do you
1: is your lab based um in chemistry with the chemists? No, it's in
2: building twenty one. Is the one that you know, the high
1: tower that it's abandoned now. <laughs> yeah. Nearly is like the ground floor. So it is kind of a bit like a like crazy scientist hub kind of abandoned yeah. building thing going on. In secret. <laughs> How many people are around on a day-to-day?
2: On a daily basis there could be
1: 15 people around. Yeah? Yeah. Are there a lot of people doing similar to um, what you're doing? So can you just explain to me quickly again or briefly what you're exactly doing?
2: Okay, so I am also working with a company Um. And they, what they do is they take the waste and they recover recycled materials. Mm-hmm. But they, of course, they're left with the organic fraction of this of the waste. And so they they process the waste and they do different things with it. But after that process, they end up with uh, another fraction which they don't know what to do with.
1: And
2: yeah. So. They asked me, do "You want to do a PhD on this?" I'm <laughs> like, "Yeah, why not?" <laughs> so, I'm trying to produce like useful things out of it, like methane, um, hydrogen, and biochemicals.
1: Yeah. So you're mainly biochemicals. Using. Yeah. So, can you use them? How would you apply that in practice if you were going to use kind of what you're? So you're kind of degrading the materials and getting something out of them. Then yes. How would you use the product?
2: So the product can be used in other processes, so it will be the feedstock for another process.
1: Oh, okay. Yes. Almost like a... kind of like power, in a way, or...?
2: Uh, you could use it to produce methane. Yeah. I, so the, the, the chemicals that I produce are called uh, volatile fatty acids. Yeah. And they are like the intermediate product before you produce methane.
1: Oh, okay. So
2: you could stop the reaction at that point and use it for something else, mm-hmm. like for example you can produce bioplastics out of it, oh, okay. or you could continue and produce methane instead.
1: So it's it, it's very flexible. Yeah, so a lot of stuff that you can actually do with it. Yeah. Okay. So basically the
3: idea of
2: my research on topic <laughs> The idea of my research is to find the most optimal way to produce biochemicals from municipal solid waste. So, in other words, it's a rubbish research. (laughs) 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 Um, So, part of this fraction is mainly made of food waste, and some people argue okay, why don't you just reduce the amount of food waste? And of course, that's a very good argument you should definitely stop throwing away your edible food. People, please, it's it's very important. Um, But there are always things that you can't eat, like, I don't know, you have potato peels, chicken bones, tea bags, very important in this country. (laughs) Yeah, so there's a lot of ways that you can't really do anything about, and it's organic, it's something you can do with it. I mean, you wouldn't need any of that stuff, would you? (laughs) you
3: kind of
1: look like a <laughs> um, I'm really interested to know, because um, it's a big topic at the moment, um, trying to preserve our wonderful environment. Yes. And I know that part of the reason that you're doing your PhD is because you care about the environment. I mean, how much of an impact do you think that your research could have
2: well, possibly not that much. <laughs> it depends how well it goes, I guess. Mm. Um, at the first stage of my research, so I can't really predict what's gonna happen. But I guess if I can help, you know, the scientific community in in this area to mm. optimize this process, yeah, then. And also, if I can look into the economics of it, because a lot of academics just focus on yields, but they don't look at the economics of the process. Yeah. So companies are not very attracted to it, because it's just a waste processing yeah. thing, and obviously it's not.
1: So that's a big kind of gap in academia that you highlight There is that you're getting these outcomes that are good and your experiments can be mm-hmm. working but how do we get people to listen? Mm-hmm. Do you think it's a case of trying it out, maybe like you say, in a local area and then like, proving that it can work and then yeah, scaling yeah. it up?
2: Yeah, that, that's the best way to do it, in fact, the company I'm working with is what they're doing but they still have some issues that they need to tackle, like mm. the one they gave me so
1: yeah so a lot of potential there then yeah especially with the company you're working for it's good to hear that somebody cares
2: yeah yeah because they they can get money out of it that's why so
1: but do you think that's a bad thing that they just do it because they can get money out of it they just do it because
2: well it's a company so
1: Mm. (laughs) that's what they're there for uh
2: so these biochemicals are literally Propionic and acetic acid, and these are in my field known as PFA, volatile fatty acids. Um, but actually, I'm not very happy with this name because after a while and um, research, I realized they're actually not volatile. They just name it like that because they are the least known volatile among fatty acids. <laughs> so that was a very confusing time of life. <laughs> I figured it out and you probably already know acetic acid is one of the main components of vinegar Uh, so when people ask me okay can you just you know summarize your research in very simple words that I can understand I always say okay yeah I basically pickle crap
1: (laughs) (laughs) you say you're in the lab quite a bit. Yes. How long would you say, kind of, per week that you spend in the lab? And what are you, what are you doing in the lab? Okay, so when
2: I'm doing experiments, um, I have to go every single day of the yeah. week. So, But technically, on the weekend, we can only be there if there is someone else as well, because we are not allowed to do loan working.
1: Oh, like, so a more high-up supervisor who could... Help you if there was something.
2: Yeah, there has to be a colleague or someone, but there is always someone because everyone is kind of trapped by the bacteria, <laughs> <laughs> and they have to feed them, same as me. So there, there is usually someone, even during Easter closure, Christmas closure. There is always someone in the lab, so there's no problem.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, you say you look after the. Is it the bacteria? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so, do you, do you just watch it, or are you doing
3: something
1: <laughs> <too? laughs> uh, No, no, actually, I do have to feed
2: them. Because, I um, basically, what I do is we run bioreactors. So, we can run it in, in a continuous way. Mm. So, that means that we have to feed in the feedstock, which yeah. is the food for the bacteria, yeah. so to speak. And then you obviously have to take samples afterwards. So
1: yeah, so it is actually like having like a child. Or pretty something. much, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, pretty much.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was wondering kind of initially what you meant by that comparison when you said it before um, in your comedy set. Yeah, but I can see what you mean now that you just have to just be there and continuously, yeah. <laughs> literally looking after it.
3: So
2: yeah, so it's amazing to see uh, how bacteria can transform something useless, basically, into something useful for us. Uh, all I need to do is sit, watch, and make sure that they don't die. So, yeah, it's basically like babysitting my little cousin. Same thing. Rosa, get Yeah, it's
3: very dangerous stuff.
1: <laughs> um, have you had any instances where Something's gone wrong and you've just like lost a sample or had to go back and repeat? Um, well I've been
2: quite lucky so far. Yeah. But I messed up my colleague's experiment once. (laughs) (laughs) So that's not great. So I guess I'm more careful with my own things. (laughs) What did you do? So, well... It was really bad. He basically told me that I had to take his samples out of an incubator yeah. and put them in, in the freezer. Very easy task, but he did not specify which incubator, and I assumed it was one, but he meant another one. So,
3: oh dear.
2: Yeah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I did the wrong one, so that oh wasn't great. But apparently, he just started the experiment the day before, so it wasn't like okay, it's it wasn't like long. a long experiment, thankfully. So, yeah
1: yeah <laughs> at least uh, you won't make the same mistake again yourself if you tell someone I'm sure you will be very specific
2: yes I'll be like okay which ingredient which lab are you talking about our lab <laughs> yeah for environmental engineers like me oil companies like BP shell are like the enemy <laughs> not only they make profit by polluting the environment and contributing to global warming They are dead
3: dinosaurs. (laughs) (laughs) Yes,
1: like imagine,
2: Paul Littlefoot, he spent years looking for the Great Valley and he ended up in your car's engine. (laughs) And the biggest irony is when we make dinosaur toys made of
3: actual dinosaurs.
1: Is there, this might be a bit of an out there question for you, but if there was like a second topic that you could have picked to do your PhD on, is there something you would have had in mind or was it always this? It was something
2: very similar to this. Yeah. Uh, Because the other projects were also working with waste, different Mm. type of waste, but also waste. (laughs) Also waste. (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) Are there a lot of people um, in your department, or that you know, who are working on similar things?
2: Yeah, yeah, lots. And I still keep in touch with people from my home university in Spain, and they're also working in similar, very similar things. Sometimes I think that PhDs, I used to think PhDs are smart people, but I forget that But I've built a different opinion in the last year. Uh, the other day, I went doing cycling on my bike, and I was going into the office, and I still was wearing my high security jacket and my helmet with flashy lights. And my colleague said, Oh, you gave me a cycling? like, No. <laughs> and it's like a walking
1: If we took you back to the beginning of undergraduate when you first started your degree, did you think that you would be doing this or what was your path?
2: That's a very good question because I was probably going to end up if I was following the exact same thought I had during my first year working for oil and gas companies (laughs) (laughs) because that's what all chemical engineers end up doing, or you know, that's like the biggest job that you can get as a chemical engineer. But as I got more into my degree and realized all the environmental impacts that they had because of this industry, I, I was kind of like feeling more detached from it. Yeah, and even though I applied for to work for them because it's still a great opportunity and a good experience of course. I I wasn't sure I was gonna enjoy it and I realised I enjoy research more mm. and that's why I ended up here.
1: <laughs> yeah, essentially because you care about the environment yeah. a bit more rather than the money. Yes. <laughs> Out of maybe your undergraduate colleagues and friends, would you say what kind of percentage of them would go and work in the oil? Is it oil industry? Yeah, yeah. As opposed to going down the more environmental route like you have? Or do you think it's changing?
2: Can you repeat that question?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, out of the people that you knew from your undergraduate, could you say you changed your perspective from when you first started? How many
2: of them changed their perspective? Yeah,
1: or how many of them decided to stay and go for the money in the oil companies?
2: Most people go for the money. Yeah? Yeah, because, I mean, it makes sense. You study really hard, so you want to be compensated for it at the end. Um, It's a quite tough degree, I would say, so it makes sense. And not everyone can go into research because there's not enough funding for all the Mm -hmm. undergrads, so it's difficult.
1: What other routes um, could you have taken apart from the two that you've said about possibly working for an oil company and then going into research? Is there anything else for chemical engineers in that sense? What other well, routes
2: for me to change? That, my mind or...?
1: Yeah, like what kind of other career routes could you have done if you wanted?
2: Oh well, you can also work in any manufacturing industry, yeah. uh, any industry really (laughs) um but obviously they are not as well paid
1: as the oil industry (laughs) true (laughs) you know Uh it's kind of sad that people go for the money (laughs) (laughs) I i think it's much more worthwhile what you're doing at the moment um and what would be i know it's only your is it first year is that right for you yeah so what Do you see another path after your PhD, a path in research for your career, or have you not thought about that?
2: I have thought about that, and there is a high chance that I might end up working for a company similar to the one I'm collaborating with now, because Mm. what they're doing is, of course they, they want to make profit because they're a company, that's why they have investors and all, but they're still doing something environmental, and that's what I like, so... I wouldn't mind working for the industry if it's for a company like that. Yeah. Anyway, thank you very much for tonight. My name is Mariela Rosales, but I hope one day you can call me Doctor Thank you.
1: Well, it was good to see you since Bright Club. Thank you. Love to see you too. <laughs> yeah, lovely, as remembered. Uh, hope to see you again soon. And good luck with the PhD. Thank you.
0: Hello again. Uh, thank you for listening all the way through. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Uh, come back again for more podcasts and listening to interviews with more cool academic people. Um, yeah, thanks uh, Thanks also obviously to Anna and Maria. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was fun. Um, and uh, I look forward to uh, sorting out uh, the next episode with uh, Maria interviewing somebody else. I don't know exactly who that will be yet. Uh, I haven't worked it out but, um, don't worry, it will happen soon, uh, yeah, I don't have a lot else to tell you about, um, go find our stuff on Facebook, and Twitter, and our website, and wherever else you might be able to find stuff about Bright Club South Hanson. and, um, yeah, um, don't just listen to this episode, listen to others, and, uh, subscribe to us on whatever your favourite podcast find-up thing is, um, Yeah, we really appreciate uh, having you listening and uh, hopefully giving us some feedback. Uh, And then also, hopefully, you have listened to how great Maria was and how great the audience is because they were really laughing. I mean, she was great, obviously, but um, they're a friendly friendly audience. So you guys can all be as funny as Maria was and have as much fun as Maria had. So um, if you want to do that, then get in touch with us and come to one of our training sessions coming up. We're going to have training sessions... Uh, within the next uh, months or so and um, give people a lot of preparation and help to then be performers at our, either our next show or the one after that in the next few months so um, yeah please get in touch with us and sign up to perform uh, or just carry on coming to our shows because we just need audience and uh, that's you guys and you guys are great so thank you for being great um, yeah I I need to go and eat my dinner. So, uh goodbye.